from the advertising media capital of the world, New Milford, Connecticut, wherever that is. This is Mostly Automotive Marketing with Matt Wilson, a bi-weekly-ish podcast about all things automotive marketing. Now, here's your host, Matt Wilson. Welcome to another edition of Mostly Automotive Marketing with Matt Wilson. Episode number six or seven. I don't really know. I lost track. I'm the reluctant podcaster. I didn't want to have a podcast. I was forced into it because I miss radio and I love automotive marketing. And I thought, how can I bring the two together? And it's with this riveting podcast that you may find entertaining. If you're in the automotive industry, involved in marketing a little bit, maybe you're a marketing person, you're a dealer principal, a GM, a vendor, you'll probably like it. If you're none of those things, you're going to think it is super boring. So you can just turn it off right now. The topic of the podcast today is going to be, I don't really have a title for the topic, but I was going to make it like online world versus reality. A dealer's website versus a dealer's showroom and lot. And do they match? Does the message match? Does the look match? And I was having a discussion with a buddy who was a manager in the the automotive industry. We used to work together at a store and we live near each other. His name is Dave Stalvey and he's joining me on the show today. What's up, Dave? Hey, what's going on, Matt? Dude, thanks for coming on. You and I have had this discussion privately. We spend all this time, there's two ways to look at this. We spend all this time, we as dealers, making our websites look nice and making decisions on our websites and shopping for website vendors and uh, worrying about our pictures. And then you come to the showroom to buy a car and the floor is dirty or the uh, only some of the lights work and like it doesn't match up. You need to have the same look, level of professionalism in both your showroom and on your website, right? Was that your idea for this podcast? Yeah. In general, I think, you know, we live in an age of convenience and you have to make sure you are convenient for your customer, regardless of it's their online experience or if it's their in-store experience. And realistically speaking, you're running two separate businesses because your online showroom is open 24 hours a day to everyone in the world, whoever wants to look at it. So if you're spending $500 a car, $400 a car, $250 a car, whatever your budget is for your marketing to drive traffic to your website to, to generate people to come eventually into the store, then you need to make sure that that matches up. And, and I, one of the things that, you know, I'm an online shopper myself. I'm going to research everything before I go in. And I hope that by the time I get there, I'm not inconvenienced by the in-store experience of whatever it is I'm purchasing. So for me, it's very important for the store that I work out to make sure little things on their website, right? So that our pictures are cropped correctly. Everybody's standing in the same direction. It's taken at the same angle. Everybody's dressed in professional yeah. clothing. I mean, when, it drives me nuts when I go to a dealership's webpage and the pictures are all different sizes. One's taken outside, one's taken inside. One guy's wearing a tie, one guy's not. There's no rhyme or reason to yeah, it. Yeah, like a staff page. Yeah, it, it, it makes me feel like what's going to be. If there's that type of attention to detail on something that's open 24-7, then how is that reflective of what they're going to do when you get there? Yeah. You know, and on the flip side of that, if your website's immaculate and the customer arrives at your store and there's no place to park. Right. Or there's no sign where to park. Or they walk in the door and the receptionist is playing Candy Crush. <laughs> uh, you know, little things that you probably take for granted on a daily basis when you spend 80 hours a week in a workplace, but really matter to a consumer's first impression when they walk through it. What's their expectation? Yeah. They've anticipated walking through your doors and some of them have a lot of uh, reservations about coming into the store, 
let's make it easy on them when they get there. Let's look at the angle of, let's say it's a place that has a beautiful showroom, right? It's a Nissan 2.0 store, or it's a BMW uh, new design, or a Mercedes store, or the new Chrysler Dodge Jeep. They all have their new showroom designs, right? Beautiful designs. And then you go to their website, and they have a homepage slide that looks like, uh, you know, the owner's daughter who barely can use Photoshop made it. Or they have inventory pictures that are like, shadow like weird shadows you can't see the car or the wrap is still on the car like it hasn't been unwrapped off the truck like why not like you said if you look at it as the from the e-commerce side of it like almost like you were shopping for it online yes. if you're online and you see something with a shitty picture now i gotta put the e for explicit next to this podcast and it's yes. gonna look like college sound like i would just like to comment that i was afraid i was going to be the one yeah. to use profanity first later on remind me to tell you a story about the time i swore on the actual terrestrial radio which you cannot do by the way but you, you know, your online presence is doesn't that, that attention, like you said, you get 20,000 visitors a month to your website and you get 600 or whatever it is to your showroom, 600 if you have a good traffic month. Um, why are you spending all your time worried about your showroom and not about your website? Like a picture, uh, inventory picture of a car on a website that has snow on it, but it's June. Oh, I, you know. I bring it up in manager meetings like this all the time. How much time do we as a management group spend on our own social media sites, right? right. How, yeah, you're on Instagram much, all day, your I'm job. A, I love Instagram. I and, post something and, on Instagram and you like it in two seconds. I'm a story reader. And, and how much effort do you put into your online presence of your personal brand? And if you're not matching that in your business presence on your own website, then there's something wrong. I mean, you really need to take time daily. I, look, in my department, you know, I'm not actively involved on a daily basis on our marketing decisions. However, right. I am. Re I go to our website every day. I'm looking for anything that looks off. Did we take a picture of a pre-owned vehicle that looks bad? Do we have a glitch? Is there a uh, pop-up ad that's coming up that is not supposed to be there anymore? Yeah. Are our specials still priced correctly for the term? Are our map pricing, is it accurate? Did something change? Did we sell the car that is uh, the last one that we had in that color that we have for the ad? I mean, these things, you have to look at them. I mean, yeah, somebody you, has to. you would not walk by a dirty mop in the showroom 10 times a day and not do something about it. So why would you leave something on your website that's not reflecting the business that you want? I'll, I'll take it one better. Have you ever clicked on the About Us page of a website for a dealership? Well, I do, but I want dealer websites all day. But yeah, most have, people probably, right. Have you ever read the About Us statement? Oh, God. I've, Terrible, I, right? Well, not only are some of them not actually written by anyone that works at the dealership, but they're so generic. I've seen they must be the website providers that they're identical. Yeah, and a lot the of only situations thing that changes the name. Yeah, a lot of situations too. The agency or the website provider is trying to jam SEO terms in there, so it's like we are the official dealer for Bethel Brookfield Damber. Like, right. you know, they're just trying to put words in there that they yeah. think Google wants to see. Well, but forget it, about Google. Do millennials want to see that? No, they don't care. No one's reading that. No. And and they're shopping online and they're going to see right through that. They want to see who am I actually buying this from? Is there a picture? Oh, hey, there's Jim. Yeah. Now let me check Jim's Yelp reviews. Oh, Jim's got great Yelp reviews. Now I'm going to go to Dealer Raider. He's got excellent Dealer Raider reviews. You know what? I'm going to send an email directly to Jim from their About Us staff page. Yeah. On, and hopefully the email that's on that About Us staff page is actually one that he checks. Right. I'm going to link to that. I'm going to say, Jim, I'd like to see an appointment with you because of all of the excellent things I've heard about you from your online reputation. The staff page is another one that drives me nuts. You think you mentioned it before when you're on your opening monologue was the uh, staff photos that don't match. 
right? Like you hire a new employee. Okay, so like what I used to do at my last group for the stores, well, A, I would only have staff pages for some of the stores because some of the stores, the turnover was too high. I couldn't keep up with it. I was like, you know what? Screw it. I would hide the page. But for a store that has longevity at the store we used to work at together, I uh, would every six months or maybe three times a year have my photo people come in with a backdrop like a green screen and take like professional high res photos. Or I would have a spot in the showroom, whether it's in front of the brand wall or against the white wall. And we would take a picture using the same phone or the same camera from right. the same angle. And we'd either post them or Photoshop them a little bit if we, cause we had a graphic designer. Um, so they look the same, but you go to some dealership websites and like the dealer principal, he's wearing a shirt and tie and he's in front of the brand wall. But then you got a sales guy who used their personal selfie picture from their Facebook page. They're wearing a hoodie. It's because, you know, the, because someone told them you got to be on the staff page, but oh, they hey, couldn't. By the way, guys, picture. today's picture day. Yeah. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah. That was always the thing. It's picture day. Yeah, right. And as if we can't send out a group email and say, hey. Yeah, everybody dress appropriately for Tuesday the third. We're going to take staff photos. But that drives me nuts because I think that like just to tie back to what you said about like following a guy where he's on social media. I saw him on the website. Is people go to that page? They do, and they look at those pictures, and you want those pictures to match the brand and match the showroom. All right, let's flip it. Showroom uh, websites that look great and showrooms that showrooms or lots that don't look good, right? You, you go to a brand, you shop online, and you like what you see, you look for a car, and then you go to the showroom, and there is all the snow brushes from brushing off the cars are all stuck up against the front door by the front desk. Yeah, and I'll give you a pass on that on a snow day. Right. The day after, they got to be out. Put them away. Put them in yeah. the bay. Put them in parts. Put them behind. Put them in your key, key track. Right. Put them somewhere. And then the other one that drives me crazy is uh, like a desk area that is covered in paper or folders. Or sorry, not even sorry the, I'm starting to shake. Right not now, even the <laughs> yeah, right. Not even the compliance part of it. Just the clutter part of it would drive me crazy. Like if you came to my house and you saw the mail situation in my house, it would drive you crazy because you're kind of a. I'm compulsion. You're, yeah. But like a dealer like that, like that's not what people want to see. Like I know I'm going through examples here, but like an employee's desk that has like a bunch of wires coming off the back of the computer that are like on the floor and then plugged in. And when you walk in as a customer, that's what you see. Like well, it looks like someone's wiring it. People don't do enough of in general, get up from your desk, go around your desk and sit in the seat where your customer sits and see what they see. What yeah. are they looking at? Because you're seeing your desk and your workspace from the things that you feel that you need to utilize on a daily basis and you need them close to them. A stapler, tape, your business card holder, yeah. pens, pencils, whatever, whatever these things are that you feel you need to have out and around you. But what does the customer see? What does the back of your computer look like? When was the last time you dusted your monitor? Yeah. These are things that take zero effort. It takes no talent to clean your desk. And, yeah. and honestly... For myself, if I go to sit down anywhere and they're in it, I, I will get claustrophobic if there's too much clutter around. How are you doing in this area. room? We got a lot of cords and stuff in here. Yeah, right? I'm actually very uncomfortable. Okay. Thank, <laughs> thank you for that. Yeah. I was trying to avoid that whole yeah. feeling of why, how yeah. anyone can live like this. Yeah. That's fine. You make a good point. We live in, we work a lot of hours in the automotive industry. In any sales business in general, any retail establishment, I, I recommend. Take a look at your business from the customer's point of view. From the from the time you step on your property, when you get out, park your car where a customer would park, mm -hmm. get out, look around, what do you see? Is it easy to get to the front door? Is it accessible? Is it welcoming? 
Is it cluttered with your um, business license from 1986 that you never took the sticker off and it's faded into the glass of your door? Yeah. When you walk into the building, is the receptionist easily accessible? Is she at her desk? Is she attentive? Look, I understand most businesses can understand when they're going to be busy and when they're not going to be busy. In the car business, Tuesday at 10 a.m., might you might be swamped. And Saturday at 3 p.m., you might be dead. There's really not a lot of rhyme or reason. So the staff has to be ready to go at the drop of a hat. You really have to be on your yeah. toes. So even when you have that downtime, when the door swings, it's game time. I mean, it's showtime, and everybody's got to be pulling in the right direction. So if if the customer experience, if we fail the customer on that intro with someone not being at the front desk or someone being on a personal phone call at the front desk when somebody walks in, I mean, it's got to st- you mm. got to snap out of it and back into it right there that you can lose a customer right there at the front, you know, and it's taking that experience, walking that entire customer walk yourself as a consumer from start to finish, walk all the way through your showroom. Are your cars displayed appropriately? Is it easy to navigate the showroom? Is it easy to find simple things that you might not think about because you work there? Is there a sign for the bathroom? Right. I mean, how many times do you have to direct someone to a restroom or how many think about if you're in Home Depot and you're trying to find the restroom? <laughs> You know, the, these things we take for granted on a daily basis, but we really shouldn't because yeah. little things are convenient to customers. And in the age of Amazon, we have to be convenient because if we're not, they will find someone else who is. I'm talking with Dave Stalvey. He's a uh, manager in the automotive industry. We used to work together at a store and uh, we're just chatting about, you know, the cleanliness, the uh, customer experience and the look of your store and your website. This um episode of Mostly Automotive Marketing with Matt Wilson is brought to you by Barrister's Coffee House. It's pretty good. Uh, with locations in New Milford and in Danbury. They're not actually a sponsor. I paid for this drink, but it would be cool if they were and I could get free coffee out of it. Let me tell you a story, David. Tell me a story. You ready? You. Back in the day, I was the marketing director at the Danbury Fair Mall in Danbury, Connecticut. For our Connecticut listeners, which, by the way, is the largest mall in Connecticut. One of my pet peeves, and I had this rule for vendors uh, who are in the center of the mall, you know, the people, annoying people who chase you down with their uh, hair products or they sell boots. They sell like little slippers around Christmas time. Yes. The, um, the temporary vendors. I had a rule that you could have no cardboard visible during mall hours. Mm. So at 830, if you're, at the, if you're there and you're unpacking your Furbies or whatever you sell at your center kiosk, no problem. At nine o'clock, you got to hide that cardboard. I don't care if you throw it away. You put it in. You probably have a storage facility somewhere, right? I mean, yeah, in the, yeah, in the, in mall, the mall did. Yeah. We have plenty of places. Or you could call maintenance and they'd come get it. Or you could break it down and stick it under your Kia. No visible cardboard because cardboard looks cheesy. It looks crappy. It looks like you're under construction. Yeah. Another thing we used to do is myself and the general manager of the mall would go on a mall walk every morning. And we'd go out like 8.15, 8.30, and we would walk the mall. And my friends would see me and go, what a nice job you have. You're just walking around the mall all day. But you know what we're doing? We're looking at the storefront of Victoria's Secret or Sephora or Lululemon. And you realize you just named three women's stores. That you yeah, well, I always, visited the, okay. I, always, I always visited the women's stores because they had cute store managers. So you would walk by the stores and be like, oh, okay, the front of that store looks good. And you know what we'd do if we saw a piece of garbage on the ground, we'd stop and pick it up and throw it away. You know why? Because you're the managers of the facility and you're responsible for the way it looks. Am I the garbage person? No, but I'm a manager of the mall. The same thing can, should be said, as you mentioned, for your showroom. Me personally, if I park 
at the dealership and I'm walking to my car and I see a cracked plate frame like in the grass oh. right near the curb of where the customer delivery area is. Yeah, and does. I would see a salesperson walk past that. Now listen, the salespeople didn't report to me. You know what I would do? I yell at the salesperson because I'm a manager and I'm responsible for the way that the lot looks. You see screws on the ground. I have a love-hate relationship frames. with screws on the ground. I hate that. Screws on the ground. You're unscrewing a plate frame. How hard is it to pick it up and put it in your pocket? I, I'm going to digress here for a moment because yeah. I can remember as a sales guy, mm -hmm. I had a bedside table where I put my change when I came home at night. Uh -huh. I had more screws at the end of the month than I had change <laughs> because screws. when I would take plate screws off, I'd put them in my pocket and yeah. that was it. And it boggles my mind how now, you know, 15 years later, I will walk to my car in the evening and pick up a handful and say, why do you not just put them in your pocket? Yeah, I agree. It, you have pockets. That drives me nuts. Anywhere. If you're in the showroom, then, and you see something, we see something, say something. Oh, yeah. Is that a thing? Yes. But that would drive me nuts. Uh, uh, and the other thing that used to bother me, now, what's your, let me get your opinion on this. This is what I'm interested in finding out, David. If a salesperson keeping like personal effects, or like, let's say your kid, you, we have kids that go to uh, preschool together. Yes. Just graduated preschool together. Today, as a matter of fact. Today. Your kid, today as we're recording it, not today, July, when this podcast comes out, like today in June. Yes. Your kid makes you an art project, right, at the nursery school. Oh. And your wife says to you, oh, this is adorable. It was the Father's Day gift. You should hang it up in your office. Now, I work from home. I can hang it up in my office. What do you do? I have one piece from my child that has been given to me out of the thousands that have been given to me that is in my office that was uh my both of my kids did it's barely legible it says you are a great dad mm -hmm. and it hangs on the wall out of sight where no one can see it and it's the size of an index card All right, that's other acceptable. than that other than that my walls are sterile my desk is sterile there is no uh pad folio month-long calendar planner sitting on my desk <laughs> which by the way i don't know who continues to print those and hand them out as marketing materials but they are garbage please stop wow all right no one needs them and they always have like food stains on them, like yes. at a salesperson's desk. And from it's their always lunch. January because they <laughs> hand them out at the beginning of the year and no one uses it as a calendar. All right. So what about this? What if a salesperson, because I've, I had a salesperson at, our, at my last dealership who had a lot of uh, like uh, pictures of one of their children being very successful in sports and school and older child. And I was talking to them about it, like this, their philosophy. And they said, oh, it's I like it because it's a conversation piece. It's an, it's an excuse for me to have a discussion with a customer and maybe make a connection. Yeah. I mean, I think there's something to be said for but it doesn't fit the brand look tasteful family mementos. And I think there's a limit. Now, now, now here's where you get into an issue. I mean, for, for our brand, we have an inspection and there is a, there is a rule about what you can and can't have. Right. And it, it probably falls more in line to where I lean, which is sterile and just, you know, nothing on the right. walls. We don't need clutter. Just, you know, yeah, but the inspections are once a year. So what you do for the other 11 and a half months is, well, I hope that they don't take their stuff back out of their drawer that I shoved in the bottom of their drawer when right. the inspection was at any rate, at any of it. No, I, th but I think that has to be managed properly because you also don't want to, like I said, you spend a lot of hours at work. So if somebody's got a couple of framed pictures of their kids, I think that's very appropriate. If they have 17 framed pictures of every graduation of preschool, first grade, second grade, right. Jimmy's, uh, you know, soccer picture and his pizza party from, uh, you know, Chuck E. Cheese's when he turned seven, we, you know, right. we got to have, have a place to sit.
I'm talking with Dave Stalvey, who is a uh, finance manager in the automotive industry. And we used to work together. And if we sound all chummy, it's because we are buddies off the air. Our kids went to school together and they play t-ball together and, and the whole thing. And I, this, I've never had this discussion with you. And I'm interested to see what you think about this. Misspellings. Okay, let me tell you a story. Ready for another story? It's story time. Grab your baba. On a website? Uh, hold on, I haven't gotten the story yet. Grab your baba, grab your, grab your, grab your, your little blanket. Let me tell you a story. Back in 2011, I was a digital content director at Clear Channel Radio in Poughkeepsie, New York, right? I was responsible for seven websites on, uh, for radio stations. One of the websites was for a station that was KISS 95.7. And we were giving away tickets to see Janet Jackson at the uh, Today Show concert series, right? The Today Show has like yeah, artists to play. We're giving away a pair of tickets. I made the homepage slide, which is the equivalent of the, you know, homepage slides that dealers have on their websites with, um, uh, you know, lease prices and whatnot. Whatnot. This was a, you know, win tickets this morning. And I had created it and then scheduled the slide to start at 6 a.m., the next morning when the morning show host, Chris Marino, announced the contest. So I'm home sleeping in my bed. This is before I had kids, so six o'clock, I had carefree, no care, no care in the world. I'm sleeping and my phone rings and it's Chris Marino at 6.05 panicking. And he says, go to the website, the homepage slide. I go to the website and the homepage slide says, win Janet Jackon tickets. Wow. I left the S out. Now I'm at home. I have no photo, uh, no uh, access to Photoshop. I have no way to fix it. So I like shower, drive an hour to work, and get rid of Janet Jackson tickets and put the S Janet mm. Jackson tickets. Now, is it a huge deal in the grand scheme of things? Probably not. I had a big picture of her. People knew it was Janet Jackson. But how unprofessional yeah. is that? And it Let's drove me crazy because I'm not a good speller, but I use correct spelling and. Uh, I, and in my social media posts, if if it's an Instagram story and it's like two slides ago and I can't go back and fix it, then I'll leave it. But that drives me nuts on the Internet and I, and on dealer websites. It, it really doesn't take it's a like whole a lot of effort to get with a no second tea. set of eyes on something. Hey, will you take a look at this before I hit publish? Yeah. I mean, it's from my perspective, if that if I see that there's two there's two things. Either one, you're too lazy. Right. Or you don't care. So which one is it? Neither one of them are good. You're either lazy or you don't care. Yeah. And look, I get it. We're all busy. It's a fast-paced business. But to not proofread something, especially on the company website, yeah. is just really not acceptable. If you see Lisa 2019 Nissan Atlama instead of Altima, they, inv they, they flipped the two letters. I get it. You fat-fingered it while you're typing. Happens to me all the time. I spell the H-T-E a lot when I'm typing. Thankfully, my computer fixes it for me now by itself. But... Proofread it. Like at my last job, I didn't have a, a, it was just me and a graphic designer. And I had the office manager proofread stuff for me because she had like that school teacher, like red pen. So I would like print something out and be like, hey, give this to the office manager and let her There's proofread There's probably it. a lot of red ink, I would imagine. Oh yeah, a lot. Yeah. But because I did not want to have something, but, but I cared also. You're right. A lot of people, it's either they're too lazy or they're too busy or they don't care. Yep. And part of it also is the world we live in today, right? We live in a, like you said, spell checked, email, text conversation, abbreviation world. So number one, mo some people might not care uh, whether it's a generational thing or whether it's just um, people think it's, you know, you're trying to be quick and abbreviate, whatever it is. But an actual typo that gets through to me is unacceptable. Yeah. Um, even on an email, to be honest with you, look, I get you're typing fast uh, on a text message. I'm not going to be the grammar police. 
Um, but if you send me an email that's full of typos, I'm probably going to reply, correct all of your grammar, and then respond after that. <laughs> this coffee's delicious. Did I talk to you about Barrister's Coffee House? Uh, you did, but I don't believe you can actually call that coffee. It actually looks like milk with a shot of coffee. It's, uh, I don't know, Mike got it for me. I think it's a latte oh. with a shot of espresso and milk in it. Um, a but latte it's delicious. actually is espresso. Oh, that's, that's a conversation. That's the definition podcast. of. Yes, yes, I, I don't really know the whole coffee thing. Are we done? I think we're done. I feel like it's over. Do you have anything else on well, your notes? Actually, you know what? Are those all that, notes? Well, this is. I'd like to reference a podcast on this podcast that I find I found very useful. Um, Are for you the promoting someone else's podcast on my podcast? I am, and it's okay. actually may not even be applicable to this. But I'm hoping that people that do listen of all the 18 people that tune in, thank you, um, that we will uh, that you'll gather something. And I'm a lot hoping. of what we talked about is basically common sense, right? Right. But it's things that hey. Let's make sure we're focusing this on managers and our stores and on our websites and not taking our off the ball. Um, a good refresher of that there is a podcast called Creating Disney Magic. Now, I don't know if you've ever been to Disney or if you know anything about Disney, but as a company, they really get it. They really do. Um, I follow this podcast and there's an episode called uh, Creating Magic with the Guest Experience. And they have a guest experience cycle at Disney that starts with... Uh, anticipation so they want to talk about the anticipation the guest has for getting there then the arrival of the guest they want to get ready for when the guest arrives then the actual experience the guest has when they're there at their park or on their website or whatever they're experiencing then the departure and then the savor so after they leave and they depart that's part of it and then the savoring of the experience after it's done and that's so applicable to our business planning for the anticipation of that customer which is managing our website planning for the arrival, making sure that our showroom is tip top, making mm -hmm. sure that things are, are set. The actual experience, does our salesperson have broccoli in his teeth and is he trained in the product knowledge to help them when they get there? The departure, um, after they purchase a car, do we have a clean car to give them? Is it set up in the proper area for them to exit the dealership appropriately? And then savor, are we gonna follow up with them? Are we gonna help them down the road to create repeat customers? So um, I think that podcast is definitely worth a listen. I got uh, a lot of uh, good points out of it and I think anybody in the automotive industry would as well. I got to say, you were better at this than I thought you were going to be. Wow. I'm not really sure to say thank you or if I should punch I, you in the face. I don't know if that's a compliment <laughs> or not, but I appreciate it, Dave. Thanks, man. Yeah, definitely. Hey, another episode of Mostly Automotive Marketing with Matt Wilson is done. Another one coming up in two weeks-ish. Drop it like it's hot, Matt. Is that what the kids say? Uh, probably not. The kids that are the kids now. No. Mostly Automotive Marketing with Matt Wilson is brought to you by... Wait, this guy has sponsors? Oh, never mind. This sheet of paper's blank. No sponsors. That makes more sense. For updates, info, future episodes, and more, follow on Twitter, subscribe on YouTube, like on Facebook, and connect on Frackle. You guys made that last one up. That's not even a thing, Frackle. Come on.